This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Today's episode of the Full Scale Outdoors podcast is brought to you by... Dun-dun-dun... Full Scale Outdoors. <laughs> it's the guide service, everybody. I guess I have not been doing a great job of uh, letting people know that... I have a guide service. I've had uh, multiple people now contact me uh, about the podcast, uh, send me very nice messages, but then go, do you guide? Question mark, question mark. I'm like, uh, yeah. They're like, oh, I didn't know. I'm like, I don't know how you don't know that. But regardless, uh, apparently I need to do a better job of promoting myself. So we are in January here in, in Minnesota, and there is some really good fishing to be had. I know a lot of people are waiting for you know, truck ice, I'm going to call it, on Malax, And who knows if we're going to get that and when we're going to get that. Uh, we need like a week of sub-zero temperatures to really shore that up. But um, reports are the people that have been going up there with snowmobiles and ATVs that the fishing is pretty good on Malax. Um, so I can definitely help if somebody wants to go up there. I have some near-shore spots that are great. Last year I caught a ton of of walleyes there, a tagged walleye there, and a 43-inch pike. Two days later, I caught like a 36-inch pike in the same spot. Um, so I have good spots on Malax if somebody would like to try that. But really what I'd like to promote is I have good panfish spots uh, close to the Twin Cities metro area. And uh, if you'd like to get on some great crappies and bluegill action, get a hold of me and uh, we'll head out. If I'm not out scouting for the next Minnesota-made tournament, um, which I will be doing in any spare time that I have, I will be uh, available to guide. So, And I, I want to let everybody know that I, I emphasize teaching when I guide. This isn't just taking you to a spot and, uh, you know, catching fish for you. It's I want to teach you how you can then, what you learn at whatever lake we go to, you can take that and have at it any lake you go to i can help you break down a lake uh, how to find fish 
and then hopefully then catch those fish. So, I mean, any skill level is welcome, of course. And, um, yeah, so there it is. Full Scale Outdoors is a guide company. So, because uh, once February rolls around, I'll be doing a different kind of guiding. I head south with Premier Flight Outfitters, and uh, I'm going to be guiding snow goose hunters. So if you'd like to do that, join me on that, get a hold of Premier Flight, and uh, let them know you want to hunt with me. But if you'd like to get out and fish this month of January, get a hold of me. You can call me direct at 612-209-5438 or text. You can message me on Facebook Messenger. Get a hold of me on Instagram, fullscale underscore outdoors. There, send me a Snapchat, whatever. Get a hold of me, and uh, we will set something up and catch some. Uh, there are good, really good panfish to be had in the Twin Cities area. It's not all dinks. You just got to know where to go. So let's get to this week's episode. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Love that sound. This is a good one. Welcome everybody to the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast. I am your host, Dale Luganville, and this is this week's recap and rant. Uh, for this week, I got a lot to recap for sure. Um, we had our very first event of the season for the Minnesota Made Outdoors Tournament Ice Fishing League on uh, Chisago Lake. And we went into it uh, with a pretty good plan, I thought. Um, my partner Joel Kotke and I had spent uh, a fair amount of time scouting, and we did a lot of uh, cameraing this time around, which is what we'll probably continue to do for quite some time. Um, it's just a great way, and you don't want to beat on the fish you hope to catch, right? So it's, a you know... Drill a hole, drop the camera down, see what's down there. And, you know, when we first started scouting this lake, we weren't finding a lot of crappies. I mean, they were pretty few and far between. Seeing some really good sunfish um, in places, you know, feeling confident about that, but the crappies were kind of eluding us. And then towards, as we got closer and eliminating water, um, we stumbled upon a couple good crappie spots. Um, they were mixed spots, really. They had both, but uh, far more crappies and better size structure crappies than we had been seeing anywhere else. And uh, so we had a plan, and uh, the night before, or actually the afternoon before the event, we went out to check that spot one more time. We only drilled like a half a dozen holes and uh, put the camera down. And, I mean, I'll pretty much <laughs> drop the camera on a crappie's head. And you could see, as I panned around, you could just see fish everywhere. I'm like, okay, we're good. I think I checked, like, one more hole. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Let's get out of here before we draw attention to our spot. And uh, this is where we're going to start. So we felt pretty good. We've caught, you know, we didn't fish a ton. It was mostly that camera work. Um, but we did fish enough to kind of get a size structure on some spots. And, man, we caught some just really, really good uh, bluegills, actually, you know, like pumpkin seeds or what we were calling hybrids. I guess I don't know if they're technically hybrids, but that's what everybody was calling them because they didn't quite look full pumpkin seed, and they definitely weren't, you know, regular bluegills. So 
whether they were a, a technically a hybrid or not. Um, that's what we were calling them. That's what I'll continue to call them, hybrids. Um, but they were chunky. I mean, just th- way thicker than your normal bluegill. You know, they get the big forehead on them. I mean, just beautiful, beautiful fish. Um, if you want to see what I'm talking about, um, you can go to Minnesota Made Outdoors Facebook page and their Instagram page. They put up a bunch of pictures, and uh, you can see uh, a lot of the guys in the event caught some of those real tubs. And, uh, yeah, they're gorgeous fish for one, but just, man, they are just stocky as can be. So Sunday morning rolls around. We're all, everybody's jacked up. I didn't sleep for shit Saturday night. I just, you know, and Joel asked me, like, were you worried? I'm like, no, I'm not worried. I'm not nervous. It's just I get jacked up, man. I, I love this tournament fishing, dude. I just, I love it so much. Um, I love the competition, and it wasn't nervousness um, that kept me up. I just kept running through, like, the game plan. You know, what if this works? If this doesn't work, I can go over here. And, you know, you kind of you kind of fall, uh, drift off to sleep a little bit, but not really. You know, you're not – because your brain is just churning away. So you're not really getting rest. I mean, there's zero chance I fell into any REM sleep whatsoever. I mean, I remember – I mean, I got up. I got straight got up like a, a couple times a night just to get a drink of water and try to reset. Okay, oh, I got to get some sleep. I want to be, you know, rested for the event and think clearly. I can't be going out there all groggy. And But it just, just didn't happen. I mean, I didn't even need my alarm. I mean, I set it super early, but it got to the point where I'm like looking at my – looking at the clock, waiting for the alarm to go off. And I was like, just get up, dude. (laughs) So I basically just did that. I got up, made sure I got everything, and I wasn't, you know, forgetting anything. And uh, head off to the lake. So everybody's out there. We talked to all the other competitors. Everybody's jacked up. Pretty much most everybody said they didn't sleep either. So at least I'm not alone in that endeavor. But uh, we head out. We're in the first flight. There's four flights this year, and we're in the first flight. And we take off. You know, we get the hand comes down, we take off, it's a mad dash to our spots, and there's a couple people in the lead there that seem like they could kind of be going to our spot, you know, because our spot was on, you know, southern end of the lake, and a lot of the, I think most people fished that end pretty much. And so we were really on the gas there for a while. We had to kind of go slow, get over this uh, crack in the ice. Uh, it's fine, it's just, you know, you don't want to jump it, you're going to, yard sale all your equipment off your four-wheeler but we get over it and then you hammer on the gas and it was like a legit race there for a while because it looked to me like they might the other team might be going to our spot and i wanted to get there first for obvious reasons but then i started to see them kind of angle off to a different spot and then i'm like all right we're good and then boom beeline to our spot hopped off just started drilling holes and just started fishing and then here comes the other flights you know and they're spreading out over the lake and there was one other team that was coming to our spot we knew they would be there because we were scouting the same area so that wasn't any surprise Um, but for the most part we had that spot to ourselves all day and bite wise holy smokes dude that was some of the best fishing i have ever had that first like hour hour and a half i mean it was what we call pinwheeling, like your arms just slinging out of the hole. Like as fast as you could get that line down, you were getting bit. And you really had to weed through a lot of little ones. But, man, it was just crappie after crappie after crappie. You know, we got we had our we had our limit of crappies right away. And that's what we were worried about. We, at first we were worried that, like, we thought, well, 
everywhere we went, we saw these really good gills. That's not going to be a problem. The The breaker is going to be these crappies, like who can come in, who can get a legit limit of crappies. But once we started finding spots that held more crappies, then it was like, okay, well, people are going to get their crappies too. And then it might come down to you got to have those stud gills to win this thing. But we're, you know, in this league, it's seven gills, seven crappies. And then if you have a full limit, you get a bonus fish. So generally speaking, you're going to have, you're going to weigh eight crappies and seven gills with a full bag because, you know, crappies for the most part are, are usually bigger than the gills. Um, so we had our limit of crappies and then we're just upgrading. You know, we had our, you know, get minimums. And once we had our limit and the pressure was off for that, and then it was like, oh, here's a nine inch, right? Toss one of them eight inches back. Oh, here's a nine and a half. You know, we just kept upgrading. I think we, I think we measured our fish like four or five times throughout the day, just making sure we were calling in the right direction. I'd brought out a digital scale. Um, this time um to really get you know i'm I'm serious i want to win one of these things man so i'm like going down to the ounce unfortunately my scale doesn't go to grams it's it's a a male scale so it only does ounces but and then we got our start you know getting our bluegills mixed in we slowly got our bluegill um limit but what we're finding out is we weren't getting those stud gills I, i i don't know why like they were here before and we just and we you know we we started the morning off pretty confident, and actually when we got to hear you know Jake who runs the event was running around and he's you know interviews people and talks to people see what's going on in the lake at the time we were like loading up on crappies I guess some people hadn't had their crappie limit yet so we were feeling pretty good about ourselves, but as the day wore on and I wasn't picking up those big gills boy my confidence really started to to wane there and the other team that was fishing next to us they had a stout bucket already and they were getting i mean they were 20 yards away from us i mean we were fishing the same weed patch i mean it's just they were getting the bigger fish for whatever reason they're on a certain seam or maybe they're using their a better bait that was triggering big bites but i don't really feel like i missed out on many bites the the fish i marked i mean bit so i don't I really feel like i was missing out on any bites um just for whatever reason, we weren't getting the quality fish that we were hoping for. And so we kind of get into early afternoon. Weigh-in is at 2 o'clock. And we're like, should we make a move? Should we try to find some of these bigger fish? We we checked a couple spots that we had found some big ones earlier. And the first spot was a complete dud. We didn't – I didn't. I don't think I marked a single fish. If I did, there was something little down in the weeds. I couldn't get them out. And then we another spot, and I think we did do a slight upgrade in that spot. We plucked one good gill out, and then uh, then we're like, we just just go back because we just weren't seeing as many fish in that spots. It's like let's just go back. We know they're there. Let's just keep grinding it out and try to get you know. We just need to upgrade these gills, and, and I think we'll be competitive. Well, we had to head back, and we just I mean we had a couple decent ones in there in our bag, but nothing. None of those big hybrids. I mean. I just I I don't know how they eluded us, but that's just that's just how it goes, you know. You go out there and leave it all on the lake, as they say. But we head back, and now I am not feeling confident. I mean, I I know we're not going to win because the team next to us has a better bag than we do. Um, and actually, I thought they had a good chance of winning it. And then as they as people started weighing in, um, our bag started looking better and better and better. I, I mean, we unfortunately and unfortunately. We weighed in 
way down at the bottom. There's 30 teams. I think we weighed in like 24th or something like that. Like we were way down there. So we had to wait. And uh, so, that, I mean, it was somewhat torturous because I just sat there, was not happy with our bag. And um, it was like, oh, great. I get to see all these good bags come in and just kicking our ass. And then, you know, as it as, as the weight started coming in, I'm like, all right. And I'm looking at other people's bags getting poured in on the scale. I'm like, all right, we might not be as bad as we thought. But it definitely wasn't good enough to win, and um, and we didn't. So winning bag was, uh, I think, just under eight. If I, I should have pulled up my phone, but I think it's just under eight pounds, and we had just under seven, and that was good enough for sixth place. So we remained in the top ten, which if you've been listening, so last year we finished in the top ten, and so my goal this year was to finish in top five, and I really, really, really want to win an event. I want a plaque. I want to win a lake. Damn it. <laughs> this is what I want more than anything. So a top five season-long finish would be great. That's our goal. To win one would be awesome, which obviously that would help us secure that top five spot. And we're just out of it. Just out of it. And, I mean, not we're not in it for the money at all, but sixth is one spot out of the money. Money pays, you know, first through fifth place. But I could get a good route off the prize table, so not all is lost. We're definitely still in the running for Team of the Year as long as we can keep it up. Um, next event is at Clearwater Lake, and that one's going to be that one's going to be tough for a couple reasons. One, for us, it's not close. It's well over an hour away. So I, it's not like I can just run, check this after work. Uh, Chisago, from where I live, was pretty close. It's like 15 minutes, so very convenient uh, as far as scouting and pre-fishing goes. I'm not going to have the luxury of that this time. And we don't have as much time because the, the first event, we had however many weeks as soon as ice was fishable to scout and pre-fish it. So we had multiple weeks. Now we only get two weeks. You know, basically one weekend because the events are every other weekend. And so it's a bigger lake. It's a more complex lake. It has a lot of deep water, a lot of shallow spots, a lot of big drop-offs. Um, you really got to be careful where you go. There's some sketchy ice out there. So there's a lot of variables. And I've only fished this lake one time, ice fished this lake one time, and it was a long-ass time ago before – I even dreamt of tournament ice fishing. You know, I was very, I didn't know what I was doing, to put it bluntly. Um, however, I did catch two really nice crappies when I did, but I don't think that's really going to help me much this go around. So we just need to be confident in our ability, go out there and uh, start eliminating water. You know, um, find where we think there should be fish, uh, camera, and check it out. Um, there's two kind of different things from what I gather on this lake. There's some really, really big fish in this lake. And a lot of times they're basin fish, so they're hanging over deep water, roaming around schools, those bigger crappies. But the bluegills, I, I kind of expect, and some crappies still be found in shallow weeds. You can find good weeds. So it's going to be tough um, to find those basin fish because they just roam around so, so much. But um, like I said, we just got to we just gotta have confidence in, our, confidence in our abilities to break down a lake and uh, not be intimidated by the lake and previous weights. I mean, the weights, I mean, from what we're hearing, you need, you know, like winning bag this week was just under eight. You need over 10 on this lake 
to be competitive. And I believe stuff like 13 has won it in the past. So that's, I mean, <laughs> dude, that is some great fish, monster fish in that lake. So pressure's on for sure. And, uh, I, I mean, it can happen to any, anybody. I mean, Paul Giz, if you're listening to this, I mean, he, he was, I think they finished like second for team of the year last year. Um, very good stick and I don't remember what he placed. I'm not trying to rub it in Paul really I'm not. But he this last event, um, you know, they were down kind of middle of the pack. And that's a really big that's a really big hurdle now if you're chasing that team of the year, which obviously everybody in the league is, now he's really gonna have to come in, you know, first or second or third in these events to get those scores up and then hope that the ones in the top, you know, kinda fall on some event and score in the middle. So I am definitely, it, it makes me nervous. It makes me nervous that um, a really good angler and a good team can not end up in the top 10 on any given event. So, you know, it's kind of a, a as much as it might be humbling for him, it's humbling for me to see it. I don't, if that makes sense, like I'm nervous. Like I don't think I'm better than Paul. So it's like, holy shit, this could happen this could easily happen to us. We go out there and have a bad day and, you know, team of the year is in jeopardy or coming dead last year, you're pretty much out of it. So um, for as little as we're going to get to go out there and scout and pre-fish, we have to make it count and come up with a really, a really good solid game plan. So that's what happened with us this past weekend. There's your recap. Um, clean all our fish, had a great meal. <laughs> nothing wrong with the to the to all not even just the victor to all the competitors go the spoils of eating a nice fresh fish meal so that was good um, but that was the recap uh, how would everybody else do out there fishing uh get on the facebook page full scale outdoors group page if you have not already and uh, post up some pictures let me know how you guys did i, I love seeing seeing those pictures if you got any questions let me know Let's get to this week's rant. And this week's rant is going to be about slobs on the ice. Uh, it pisses me off. I think it pisses most everybody off and, and all the anglers out there. And I bring it up, um, well, two parts. One, you just see it. I mean, it just uh, just sucks when you go out there on the ice and somebody's left beer cans out there or there's an empty bait, you know, tin packaging, foodstuffs, just, I just don't understand why you can't take that. You brought it out there. Why can't you take it back with you? I, I just, I don't understand. And other stuff, um, we found as we were going out there, somebody who was fishing the day before the night left some gills just out on the ice, frozen. Like, dude, if you don't want to dirty your knife up for three fish, then let them go. I, I don't know. I, I that's I guess that's a side thing, but it's really disheartening to see that too. Just a waste of resource sitting on the ice. But let's stick on topic with the trash. The reason I bring it up is because here in Minnesota, there's an event in northern Minnesota called the Eel Pout Festival. And the Eel Pout, or Burbit as they're technically known, is a fish that doesn't get a lot of love. I like them. They taste great. Um, they bite fairly readily they're great about you know if you if you're fishing at night and you got rattle reels down you're in a sleeper shack they're they're great for waking you up in the middle of the night that's always fun 
Um, but I guess a lot of people just don't realize that they are good table fare. They've always had kind of a bad reputation. Uh, I remember many years ago when you used to catch a crap ton of them on Mille Lacs, and it was just commonplace. You just treated them like trash fish. Like, you caught one, you left it out on the ice. You just threw it on the ice. And I just, I don't know why that was. That's just, that was kind of like the culture back then. I'm not quite sure why. Um, the Eagles liked it because they had food for forever, all winter long. Um, but now, for whatever reasons, and it wasn't, the, I, I don't I don't believe it was the ice thing. The eel pout population kind of crashed on Mille Lacs. I think I've covered that before. Uh, but they seem to be coming back. More and more people are, are catching them. Um, but back to this event. So the Eel Fault Pest Festival. So this one week in a year, eel pout is king. Walleye is trash. So there's like a, a fishing contest for, you know, biggest eel pout. And over the years, it's really kind of turned into this big giant party thing. And there's bars that set up on the ice and um, just all sorts of different social stuff going on up there. And a town of about a thousand people swells to 10,000 people. And so obviously bringing a ton of money into the area. Um, but with that being said, there's a lot of use on the lake. And unfortunately, people are fucking slobs. Like they just leave so much trash up there. And so one of the big costs of the events is cleanup after the event is over. Because we have to pick up after full-grown adults, apparently. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of drinking that goes on up there. And, you know, people that are drinking, obviously, don't make the greatest decisions. Um, but, it's just, God, just pick up your stuff. But they announced this year that they are canceling the Eel Pout Festival. This thing's been running for 41 years. And now they have to cancel it. Now, however, it is, it's a twofold problem, at least in my opinion. One, the big one is just the trash, right? If people just picked up after themselves, if you literally just brought off the lake what you went out onto the lake with, you know, you know you're going to consume a case of bush lattes, right? So have a garbage bag to put your empties in. It's really not that tough. Your empty bags of Doritos. Whatever you bring out there, the food you bring out there, your hot dog packages, whatever the hell it is, if you brought it out there, just bring it back with you. It's really that simple. It really, really is that simple. Can we just be adults here, please, and pick up after ourselves? That would be, that would solve the biggest problem because then it wouldn't cost so much money to clean up after you slobs. Um, and I'm sorry if I'm, you know, I sound a little bit negative. And I should, before I continue on um, to the second part of this, I should say that I believe a lot of the the patrons of the festival, probably a lot of them aren't your hardcore anglers who would then probably have more of a sportsman, conservation-minded, um, like mind, you know, what that looks out for picking up their trash like I think most people are most ice fishermen are I think I do think the vast majority of anglers pick up after themselves um and even pick up after other people I've done it I've seen other people do it um 
and I think that's something that we need to do, you know, um, take an extra trash bag out with you. They don't take up any space. Just throw it in a whatever, whatever you're carrying your ice fishing stuff out. Just have a little, you know, kitchen garbage bag there. And if you happen to come across, you know, some beer cans or whatever, just very unceremoniously pick them up, throw them in the thing and keep going. I mean, it, that's it. I mean, just nobody likes to go out there and see trash on the ice or in the, you know, when it melts and there's stuff floating all over and it blows up to the bank, it's just, you know, take, we got to take better care of our, of the resource that we like to enjoy. It just makes sense. Don't piss in your own pool and don't piss in somebody else's pool either <laughs> for, for that matter. Um, but I think because it's, be kind of came this big party thing. I think a lot of people that go up there. I mean, there's not a, honest. Honestly, there's not a ton of actual fishing that takes place. It's there's a lot of drinking, a lot of partying that goes on, and so I think, unfortunately, it's just a bunch of careless people up there um, that aren't really sports people. They aren't sportsmen and women. They're not conservation minded. Unfortunately, they just see it as a big party. And much like a bunch of different kind of music festivals, they just leave they just leave carnage behind, just trash everywhere. It just it's just careless, and it's just as as an adult human being, I expect better. I don't care if you're an angler or just a casual party goer. Pick up after yourself. So there, I get off my high horse on on that one. That I shouldn't have to say it, but apparently people have to be reminded that you're not a child anymore. Pick up your shit. The other side of that is the city has been kind of raising the prices on them. And I don't know if that's for permits. And I might be way off here. Somebody please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, But I had read an article uh, about it, and they were talking about how, you know, they're raising the permit costs and and costs of cleanup. and, And it just the price tag got too much for the organizers to, to put it on. And that's unfortunate because like I said, this this city of a thousand people swells to 10,000 people. I mean, what a boom for all the businesses up there, you know, the gas stations, restaurants, liquor stores, bars, motels. I mean, all of it, you know, I mean, that's, that's a ton of money that they're making in a short amount of time. Um, so it's unfortunate that the city is, and, and and I apologize if I'm way off base and somebody is, you know, on the Walker, Minnesota city council, Hey, feel free to give me a call and, and, and set the record straight and we'll do an interview. I'll, I'll have you on the podcast and we can talk about it. That'd be awesome. Um, but from my perspective, this is what I'm seeing. And it, it almost sounds like they kind of tried to get blood out of a turnip. You know, they just put the, they, they squeezed a little too much, and they don't. The organizers can't afford to do both. You know, they can't afford to pay for the cleanup and everything, and the other costs that go along with it. So they decided to just shut the doors on it. Four to one years, done. Now I did see that they're going to try to come with some resolution and maybe hold it again next year, or maybe hold it in a different in a different place. Um, so we'll see what comes of that, but you know. The losers are the businesses up there, really, and and the people that have been going up there traditionally for years and years and years. I mean, it's been an annual thing for a lot of people. Um, I never made it up there. I always wanted to get up there. It sounded like a good time to me. And, of course, me being 
who I am. I actually wanted to get up there and, and fish and win the biggest pout. I mean, that's all. That's what I wanted to do. I mean, you know, sure, have some beers, have a good time. But when I wanted to go up there, I wanted to go up there to, to get the biggest eel pout. And I like eating eel pout. Eel pout is great. And I've been wanting to get up there this year just for some fun fishing and to catch some eel pout on purpose because uh, I have this idea of I want to make – so they call they call eel pout um, poor man's lobster because if you poach it um, in, like, butter or, whatever, or dip it in butter, it's, it's supposed to be a lot like uh, like lobster. Uh, but it's it's you don't have to do that. You can just bread it and fry it like with any fish, and it's it's good. Um, but what I want to try to do, because it has that poor man's lobster thing, I want to make a poor man's lobster bisque. I think would be really good. So catch a couple pout, clean them up, then take the carcasses and reduce those down to a, a fish stock, and then that's the base of the bisque. And then you reserve the the eel pout meat, and then you add that you know at the end, you know brown it in butter, poach it in butter, whatever. And then once you have the soup, um, the bisque kind of made up, then you plop the cubed up uh, meat in there. And then enjoy it just like you would a lobster bisque. I think that would just be fabulous. And I haven't heard of anybody trying that. And I really want to do it. Um, but unfortunately, with the snowfall and kind of the lack of ice that they have up north, there's a ton of slush. Like, just getting around the lakes right now is a pain in the ass. Um, and I'm just running out of time. I mean, I got these tournaments to do. The snow season is going to start for me in February. Um, just don't know if I'm going to make it up there. Um God, I really want to, though. That would just, I got to make it a priority. Well, it would have been nice if we just got better ice this year earlier, and then I would have been able to do some of these things. But that's just not how the weatherman had it planned for us this year. But anyways, so there you go. That is this week's recap and rant. Um, Get out there, get some fishing, share it on the Full Scale Outdoors Facebook page, group page. Let me see what you got. Again, hit me up on the old messenger there, and um, let me know if there's a, a topic you'd like me to cover uh, if you have any questions tips tricks let me know um, I'm happy to answer all questions and i'd love to go fishing with you so give me a call 612-209-5438 shoot me a text whatever and uh let's get on the ice and uh, let's do some fishing all right everybody remember whatever your passion pursue that full scale